Hey, Gloucester. Welcome to Gloucester Fishtown Local. And I am absolutely on cloud nine today. I've had a bunch of pretty interesting people before in my previous 26 podcasts. But in podcast number 27, we have transcended. We are entertaining and being entertained by the incredible Rick Huglio Bastistos Gadbois. Hi, Rick. Hey, Gordon. How's it going? Thank you so much for coming in today. So I'm just going to start like I start with every... Are you from Gloucester originally or up the line? I have uh, two answers. So I grew up up the line, but I'm literally grandfathered in because my grandfather and grandmother and my mother grew up here in Gloucester. So my connection to Gloucester is really... my, cu- my current one and also kind of a separate one from when I was a kid. So were you coming up here as a two and five-year-old and visiting Grandpa? And- Every Sunday we drove to my grandparents' house to have Sunday dinner. because oh, you know That's what we did back then. Yeah. And um, we, uh, my grandfather had a uh, monument business on Poplar Street oh. called uh, Tognazi Monuments. Of course! So that's, oh. that's where we came. You're a Tognazi? My mom's a Tognazi, and they grew up there. They built the two family that's there, yeah. and the, my grandfather and his brother lived there, and they had the business. It's now a, um, a, a garage there, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's where I came every Sunday. Oh and, my um, god! And where was their house? My uh, grandfather's yeah. house. It was right there. the The business was there. Oh, it was right by Tognazi Monuments. Oh, and I connected to the you business. Said that. Yeah, they had the the two family that they had built, yeah. and with all the Italians living there, and we would come up and. Uh, you know, I go into the uh, shop where they're all cutting the granite, you know, back in the 1670s, <laughs> oh just a greasy, oily shop, and the cables where they'd haul all the, uh, the granite over to, oh. and they had their sales. He say, someday this will be you cutting these uh, I stones. I wish I learned. I never learned how yeah. to cut granite. You know, yeah. I wish I did. I was the youngest, so my grandfather retired, and I was like a teenager. Yeah, and time. your dad didn't go in the biz, so that probably... It was on my mom's side. Oh, it was so. your mom's side, right, yeah. And the uncles, my grandfather's brothers sons the business went in that direction because okay. of course it goes to the oh, males right course, my right. grandfather's just a daughters and yeah you know back then that's right daughters would get the business <laughs> i mean take inherit everything yeah. well now here's a question i've never asked a guest and that is what did you call your grandfather and grandmother toggy uh just grammy and grampy grammy and grampy okay that's good uh well, you know my daughter's pregnant we're about to have our first grandchild fingers crossed and uh my wife is trying, Joanne, who you know well, is trying to pick a name for me. Oh. To, award, to give me. And I was going, no. No, oh, well, I get that. The, grand, the granddaughter picks it. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, like my grandmother was Bubby, because that's clearly someone trying to say mummy. You know, right. and I have another one named Gaggy, which is like saying mommy. Exactly. <laughs> She's picked out Dodo for me. My partner. From the Bastistos brothers, if yes. you recall, Dave, Dave who played yeah. Ornato. <laughs> yeah. And if you recall, uh, uh, Huglio and Tornado's parents or grandparents, we're unsure what it was, but Mishti. it's Mishti and Fumpa. And Fumpa, right. So Dave is a grandfather, as his wife is a grandmother, and they are Mishti <laughs> no. and Fumpa. I should be Fumpa. That would be fun. So that's the name I've got for you. There'll yeah. only be one other Fumpa in the world. Yeah. So I just didn't think Dodo was me. Dodo, that uh, sounds kind of derogatory, though. How about... Grand Gordo. <laughs> well, you're already known by that. Yeah, so. okay. All right. Thank you so much. So how did you... So then you grew up in Danvis. Yeah, in Danvis. Uh, D-A-N-V-I-Z, Danvis. Yep. And, and you went to school there, high school. Yeah, I went to high school there. 
And you were like in a big hair band in your high school days, right? Yeah, our hair was bigger than most bands, yeah, yeah. even the big hair bands. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you probably like the Beatles like me, like how you got in that biz to meet I, girls. I guess so. I always told myself I was for the songwriting. For the, yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. Well, you have a lot of original songs that you've written, but they mostly were in the comic vein. I wrote so many songs when I was younger. Mm-hmm. One just came to mind this morning when I woke up. It was funny. One from like when I was a teenager. And uh, I kind of fancied myself a songwriter, but you know, never made my millions off it. But then, yeah, Huglio sort of infected me, and yeah. all the songs became comic. Mm-hmm. So. The one you did make a million dollars off was, of course, the famous... Fish got salad and fish got stew. Yes, fish a million got pennies. For me maybe, and fish got for you. You, you put, put it on the table and, and then, then you, you eat it up. up. <laughs> oh, fish got food. Be sure to fill you up. <laughs> I love that one. That was fun. As, that was like your signature song. Although I suppose. My old lady was a good one too. They're all pretty ridiculous. Yeah, they are. But that's why. Shameful. You know, I got uh, a new. Rick's cousin, Jim. Jim's our engineer, Jim Capilla. Welcome, Jim, again, the man oh. pushing the buttons. But um, Rick's cousin was a friend of my wife's, and he said, oh, this guy is so funny. You've got to hear this tape. But yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And she gave me your brochure, and she gave me your tape. And I literally, I had it on my desk for about two months, and then I finally, I threw it away. <laughs> and as I was throwing it away, I took the trash out, and it was just emptying the, emptying the little wastebasket, and the tape slid out on top. And I said, what the hell? And I actually had a Walkman on us. So I put the thing in. And I was going to give you 10 seconds, thinking it was just going to be normal stupidity you hear when people give you demo tapes. And uh, so I'm listening. My old lady fell into the sea. And all this stuff about this guy who keeps dating these girls who all keep drowning. Right. One way or the other. Usually not his fault. But he kept, no. oh, my God. So, of course, oh, I got another girl. And the uh, oh, same thing kept happening. And... Um, so I'm listening to this, and I'm like, wait a second. And I went back through the trash, and I, I started digging up. It's the story of my musical your, career, yeah, exactly. in and out of the trash. And I dredged all, yeah. That's it. I dredged all the materials up. And then I called her up and said, give me this guy's phone number. And then, as you might recall, remember we had you. Know, we were just starting Lost Your Chicken Shack, and show number seven, you came in. And we're doing show 216 now, and I think except for three, you have been in every show since number seven. Funny. Yeah, isn't yeah. that ridiculous? Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah. I was really intimidated coming in. Because it was Gordon Baird. And, and I, didn't, I didn't really know. I just knew the myth, right? The myth of Gordon Baird, the, the magazine and all that. I read the magazine when I was younger. Oh, so, okay. So okay. it was well, a big deal good. to me, right? That's good. Publisher yeah. of this you know, great magazine. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it was it was really fun. It was fun to come in character and, and yeah. sort of. Uh, I can't remember if the very first time you came, you brought Barbara Keon with you. Ah, uh, no. Was that the second time or the first time? No, I think it was just uh, yeah, Tornado and, and Huglio yeah, came in. Yeah, your yeah. And Tornado was crazy, you know, yeah. in character, and it was hard to tell if it was a real guy or. Yeah. A, uh, oh my God, he was so funny because you two both had this wonderful, sort of unknown quality of what. What hemisphere are we talking here? Was it south or north? What time was, period? Yeah, well, it was sort of Russian. Maybe And it 50s? was also sort of southern, you yeah. know? And so you'd see this guy, was he from some island in the Pacific or was... Yep. And you guys started up and we just, in the control room, could not stop laughing. Yeah, we and, were kind of from the core of yeah. all countries. It but a, it was actually an imperfect act because while it was funny... It and got, then some. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, the imperfection started with you. But 
I do remember that even though it was so funny having him, you were the setup man, like a volleyball guy. And yeah. Hey, Tornado, you were always really simple. And you would sort of state the obvious question, like, like, but Abbott. Hey, Lou, what are you? And you would throw up the thing. Hey, should we go out and get some lunch, Tornado? And he would just obliterate like the spiker in volleyball. <laughs> he would obliterate every line. I don't know. I got the And everyone would start laughing. But that was really just the joke that the guy would get hysterical about everything. Yeah. And it was funny to start. But then on the second round, I remember thinking, is this all this act does? And then he stiffed us one time on a show we were doing. Maybe it was the Not So Perfect Storm or whatever yeah. it was. The uh, Yeah, he had a habit of not Glossy showing up, showing up, up late, unreliable. You had to go on. <laughs> yeah, And I was you stuck. were 10 times funnier by yourself. It was a different act. Yeah, yeah it became a different It quote, became, yeah. And then act. suddenly you were inventing the thing. and then I didn't have a plan, right? No. We were just yeah. the talking about stuff. Yeah, yeah, just talk. And, and that things. was where your act was so clever, is that basically you had come to America to hit the big time, right. and you didn't quite get it, America. You did sort of, and you were always looking to explain it back to us, but you didn't quite have it forwards. It was somewhat backwards, and the language, your malaprops, which is a famous theatrical tradition, were so funny. Right, or yeah. Hoglio gets it even more than us sometimes, yeah. <laughs> in an innocent way. I'm feeling myself very good today. Yeah, I'd like to throw up on you some ideas. I've got an ace up my hole. I love this country. Everybody all over the world is fighting and killing each other, and they come here to live together. It's great, because Gloucester is such a wonderful place where everybody comes from all over, and they hate each other. My Mishti always told me, Hoglio, remember to love yourself just not all night long. <laughs> and that usually is how you started the act with about et cetera, eight malapropisms. And you <laughs> got people so on your side because when they say, ah, I know, I know what this guy's all about. My name is a Jose Jimenez, who just died, that guy, Bill Dana. And, um, but it kind of was an offshoot of that. So we all thought we knew who you were. Right. He was just going to say silly things and we'd laugh at his I'd ignorance. like to tell you about my back area. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, right, you're always just beating off the path <laughs> right yes <laughs> and those always get we're big laugh getters i mean everyone always would laugh at the beating off joke somehow and, yeah somehow and uh couldn't do it without an accent somehow the accent uh, allowed well the problem well, is i could say things that all of a sudden it was okay you yes. know when it wasn't before <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i use your accent to other people even lines that should be yours and they don't have a clue what I'm talking about. And I'll say a line that's really funny, but they won't laugh because they're going, why is he talking? And then I say, oh, have you heard Huglia? <laughs> now, what's interesting is when you started and we started doing uh, stage shows and we had you just doing your act, You were, there were no plays yet. And I remember um, that a lot of the audiences were going, huh, huh? But you had to win them over each time and teach them the whole background thing, the whole country of Flushtawania and the island of Pompadour and all this stuff. And you'd win them over one by one. And it was a small, small audience and it got bigger and bigger. But then I remember, and you really had to work the jokes and they were all generic, and, but they all were Gloucester-based, you know. Mm -hmm. You were going down to the, uh, what was it, down by the wharf side. Hey, saying hello to the lobster. How's the lobsters biting today? And they gave you the Gloucester peace sign, the one finger in the air. The reason they call it the fort is because they used to use the guns to keep people away. <laughs> now they just use that a bad fish smell. Of course. But I remember you did this show, I think it was 1998, in front of Wellspring. 
and we was a benefit and you got a really long slot and you were trying to explain how you got the permit for the uh, concert and uh, that you had to get in line behind the paint factory condoms and uh, but I remember you got in front of that audience a thousand people were at that wellspring down that in stage show. four apart and the audience went berserk at last here was your audience that was from Gloucester, got every joke, and I uh, we just had it on the show, it was in there, and you can hear both the judge, David Harrison, and his brother, Dean, who, uh, bless his soul, died a mm. couple of years ago, and the two of them, who are the most Gloucester Pauls, they know where everybody is buried, they are just in hysterics laughing at you. And I was surprised. And they were brand new, they had never yeah. heard you, and I listen, they're going, you hear them talking behind the way, who yeah. is that guy? Yeah. That guy is so funny, and yet all the jokes were all all about Gloucester councilors and the mayor, because yeah. I think Toby was mayor. And at yeah, that and he point, was trying to give Gloucester affordable housing, but in the other guy's neighborhood. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Whereas you said Bell was trying to just give them the business. <laughs> right, because <laughs> he had he run a business, business and yeah. he was a good at that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and uh, but I remember that was a breakthrough thing for me because then. I said, great, anytime he's in front of a real Gloucester audience, as you were when we did the Writer Center benefit, and that every single person in that room got every joke and they were crying. And you had like a three minute slot and went on eight or nine minutes because we couldn't take you off. I think Be people like to enjoy laugh at the oh, yeah. pe peculiarities yeah. of where they live. Well, right? of course you And of course always... this island has a lot of yeah. its own personality, yeah. right? Because we're down here and um, Rick ran for mayor. I don't know if you knew that or not. He Huglio. And he was doing it on the secret ballots. So the other candidates So no one were, would know. <laughs> get away with it. I fooled them. <laughs> and he made the incredibly Idiots. very Donald Trump like move where he saved up and bought all this political advertising the day after the election because the rates were only it's a, a lot cheaper. Way it cheaper. only makes a sense. So yeah, exactly. And uh, And those are the kinds of things I will uh, do for Gloucester. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, and, it was um, fun. But it was great because you tailored it so specifically and individually, and no one dared do that. You're making jokes about Harriet Webster and Yeah, Bell I didn't know people well enough yet, Gus so I didn't Foot. care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> I remember you did one of those roasts at Cameron's, and the camera was on you, but we also had a camera on the politicians. And mm. Gus Foot, Harry, Eric, They might not have been too happy where they were. Roaring. No, yeah. they were roaring. Well, especially when you said something about the other guy. Yep, yeah, right, sure. they would Everyone was treated yeah, unfairly, yeah, equally. Yeah. yeah, but it was great just listening to the people <laughs> near the mic, and they're going, who is this man? And it's just like, he's really, really funny. Yeah, I haven't gotten that many death threats. So. Not death threats, yeah. yeah I'm so. surprised, actually, but, you know. I think it's done all right. Yeah. It was funny because I, didn't, I, uh, I was really nervous. You look in the mirror, you have a mustache, and, you know, yeah. it's ridiculous. What am I doing? I don't know. Well, you grown man, but so I'd always yeah. felt nervous because you could make a complete fool of yourself, which I, I guess I did. Yeah. But um, the nervousness also fed Huglio because Huglio was a kind of nervous too, you know. Yeah, <laughs> is embarrassed. Well, that's to, right. You know, which was part of his beauty. I, I got to tell you, the more you look at old Chaplin things, and the more you look at Huglio, because you don't need sound to make people laugh. We did so many videos where there was not a word spoken, and they're just hysterical. When Huglio first came to Gloucester, and we went and shot in Destinos for Gilios, we shot in every locale where people were recognizable. You know, and you would be bartering for a piece of pizza for singing, and they're you know they're playing along, and no words are spoken. Remember the one where you're begging at uh, at uh, Destinos, 
and they're going, oh, sorry, yeah. we have nothing. Oh, here, how about some oyster crackers? Yeah, everyone yeah. really was yeah. always... They well, wanted along. to take in the, you know. They, yeah, I remember uh, Judy Destino was so funny. Yeah. I'm sorry, we can't. Oh, wait, here, how about some oyster crackers? And you're so happy. And then you go out, you wolf the oyster crackers. But then your nadir came when you found yourself <laughs> on the steps of Our Lady of Good Voyage Church. Yes. And you picked up a bird carcass. Thank God it was sitting there. It was just sitting there. Yes, and you it was a there, natural and prop. you got so that you were going to eat it. And you kept looking at it. <laughs> Should I eat it? <laughs> Carried so away in the moment. Can't. You couldn't do it, though. You said, even though, you started crying. He was because, starving. Yeah. You know. Oh, my God. I don't know how you invented these things. Because most of the time, we did them in one take. Yeah. And we invented them right then and there. We only had 20 minutes. We only had right? 20 minutes. We had yeah, to do it. Exactly. It was on lunch hour yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because it was on lunch hour. Exactly. So we would run through yeah. and you'd follow me around yeah. with the camera and we'd just have to accept what happened. I remember the day our partnership was born because I was in a partnership with Ian McCall and we did Gloucester Chicken Shack right out of here. And then we started this theater thing and we got Rick, because he had come on the show, to just be one of the acts in, yeah. uh, I think it was called From Gloucester with Love. And right. like Linda Amaro was an act, I was an act, you know, Ed I Daly. sing a song, Ed Daly. And it was, it was actually... Matau was in it. Yeah, that's right. And, and I remember the... Uh, and then we'd show a video, we'd have a song. There was never two things in a row that were the same. So right. if Linda did a song, she wouldn't do another one she'd wait and you'd come back in five minutes so we really kept the audience uh, something new was always happening but i remember we tried to do this play and we tried to write a play based around the character and ian mccall kept saying it'll never work it's not funny forget it and we did that song harto and we had made a scene out of it where i was yes where i was hitting on your girlfriend yes imbradina right what's her last name Imbrodino. Oh, Imbrodino, Imbrodino, of course. What's wrong? Imbrodinos are close family. That's right. And so, together they do everything. But I remember, <laughs> I was saying that. I, want, I remember you suddenly said, How about she sings one verse and you go, wait two beats and start the verse? So it was almost like a round, but we were really silly singing in opposition to each other. And it was so funny where she was singing you know i will not wait for your love or whatever I'm it was confused. And, i'm confused i'm confused so sad and the two of us are singing and the people in the restaurant who are working stop and drop everything it's counter melodies yeah, yeah counter melodies and we we're sitting there and the thing was so great we were getting so excited and we had never <laughs> done crazy. this before and yeah. you're going like wow and the people start clapping, the kitchen people, going like, that is so incredible. And Ian goes, get rid of that. I don't like it. Oh, and he yeah. goes, this will never work. Nobody's going to be interested in a play about this guy. Oh, we sold him eventually. Yeah, exactly. And so he quit. He walked out. And that was it. We never were partners again. In fact, for a couple of years, he didn't talk to me. Because he said, I can't believe you went with him. And I said, no, you quit. We wanted you. Because we thought the editor, he was a great editor. And to have him helping to chop down some of our excesses. And, but he never came back. And then we did uh, one, two, three, four, what? Five original shows. Yeah. And then we did one where your daughter got involved as your daughter of Fuglio. Which was another original show. Yeah, and that show, she first of all, she was an amazingly good singer and a mm -hmm. great stage presence. Yeah. And, you know, we pulled this little girl up in the show, and uh, she was so funny. And Huglio had a drawn-on mustache with curls, and, of course, we drew it on the daughter. <laughs> she would talk to The like, first time she got up, she was, she's 19. Yeah, now. she did uh, summertime. She was nine yeah. years old. Yeah. No, and she did um, From Annie. 
Oh, okay. Because Hooglio yeah. was reminiscing yeah. back to when he was a kid, oh, yeah. and his Mishti forced him into show business and made him play Annie. Yeah. Which could have damaged his psyche, explained it. Yeah. And so he was recalling back to that time. <laughs> and as he's recalling it, my, she came my real the, daughter, Sophia, yeah. came out as the young Huglio. Yeah. Uh, forced to like sing a, a future flashback, and she, but she na- it was bizarre because there's this little girl with a mustache, and yeah. she just nailed the song. Oh my god! So the audience, yeah, she got far more applause than yeah, you know Julio ever could get. Except she got her applause as the cute little kid singing a song nicely, rather but than and her doing a good work. job. Yeah, yeah, no, because yeah, exactly. she sang it so well. Yeah. I think was the uh, that was the. But when she came back last year, she was now a comedic actress with your gene, exactly. So that she'd wait for timing. It wasn't just singing a cute song. She'd wait for the timing. She drop a bomb of a joke yeah. with a straight face and the audience would realize oh my god that that was a joke yeah she's and a whole would, package yeah. so she was able to do a tom brady where she'd wait in the pocket and then drill it and the than, two of you worked yeah. together was, yeah we did. And were really funny really together fun. yes exactly. right the, the, <laughs> the dynamic was was there i played a nun you and she was yeah loud, she was in the nunnery yeah wild nun yeah, yeah. And, and you uh, know that my father was a nun right your father? Yeah, because every time he went to court, the judge would say, occupation? And he'd say, none. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's it's a Rowan It's funny when you joke. laugh yeah, at it. Yeah, you yeah. have to laugh at that it, joke. That's right. Um, well, anyway, before we let you go, I want to say, in your real world life, you were a sort of, how do I put it, a medical company, Palm Pilot software uh, manager engineer and you managed a whole department of people in Boston near the Schraffs building. Yeah. Seems like an old part of your life, huh? Well, it is now. When I first met you, Gordon, that's mm-hmm. what I was doing. It was um, medical, uh, mobile-based medical software. But to this day, that's what I'm doing. I, I work in rare disease, um, rare disease software for a company oh, in Oh, that's your in problem. Washington, you have a rare Maryland. disease. Yeah. <laughs> called It's Well, I'm going down to the rare disease conference. So yeah, I work in software in the health industry still. Oh, great. Yeah. And luckily, you'd be able to do it out of your home. Although, I remember when you were taking the train and you had the Palm Pilot, that's where you wrote everything. I used to write all the songs and the yeah. the shows and the, the, the you know, the... The routines, the or whatever you want to call yeah. them, all the dialogue on the train. I did yeah. everything on the train. I had my hour in a Boston hour out. I know. And it was a startup company, so we're, yeah. you know, because you're all almost the time. harder to get time out of now, now that you're home. The train was great then, and it didn't have yeah. wireless. Now it has wireless. So oh. when you got on the train, you were disconnected, you know, in every way. That's right. And, so, and it's yeah. a full hour in a Boston, yeah. so it was enough time to kind of get warmed up. Mm-hmm. do some work well you were a contradiction because you would write everything but then you'd memorize it word for word and i remember you would improv but most of the time you stuck to the script and everybody thought you were winging it every time no you would really be absolutely slavish i, I think i your, forgot i did yeah. i would sit and go over just like half out of nervousness yeah. like oh my god i have to stand up <laughs> right yeah and uh i think i f- forgot enough that it sort of maybe made it seem like it was yeah. improvisational because I yeah. was forgetting stuff. That's right. But and you the were crumbs still were falling script. as because I was talking. Because Barbara, on the other hand, we, uh, she, everything was scripted. She had her lines in her character. She threw it all out the door. She would go t- she veer would off. Totally. And we would never know what to expect. But boy, was that fresh. Oh, she was Because so we, we had to keep from laughing. But her character, which was very... In fact, she was the moral spine of every play. She was. And she was she bigger was. than you. So yeah. there was that thing where it was like, not Stan Lolly, but you yeah. were slightly visually smaller than her. So when she'd tell you what to do, we knew that you had to do it. 
and say yeah. you were slightly henpecked, but you loved her. So at that point, you exactly. had to go along, and and you'd be, you'd be maybe time to take a shortcut. Yeah, a quick way to get hit the big time, and she'd tell you why that was unethical, and then you'd have to come around. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I will say the the great things we did that those last plays where we were each playing two characters, and you were playing your evil twin brother. And who came? Slizador. Yeah, and uh, you had been named as uh, Saturday Night Live host. Huglio was on the yeah. Saturday Night yeah. Live. And of course, you got bugged out. You got creative uh, blockage or whatever you call it, writer's block, and you had to go home to get your your views oh, back. Slizador, he hated working in a gift shop yes. for Misty and a Fumpad, yes. and then he got this opportunity to come and take Huglio's job <laughs> and Saturday Night Live. You would take the lobster meat out of the lobster and throw it away, and you'd sell the shells. Oh, you sell the shells. <laughs> That's where the profit is. You make earrings, little shoes, yeah. uh, appendants. And of course, he came to then displace Huglio. When Huglio was gone, he took his place. And even though, he was much he, nastier he and much nastier. angrier. And yet he got better ratings because it was like the Don Rickles Huglio. Which, yeah. uh, by the way, that, that relationship, that nasty anger, that's modeled after... Uh, back in my family, I won't reveal the names, but uh, you get that one one brother who's uh, kind of a nice guy, a pushover, and the yeah. other one who's just jealous and can never yeah. get a break. You know, right. it's just the way it has to be. Like Tommy and Dick's mothers. Um, Sure. Well, uh, absolutely fabulous, and I wish we could go on uh, for a whole hour, but uh, we're coming to the end of our time. What else? Uh, what do you have coming up? Any of, uh, original ideas? Or you wait until the light bulb goes off. You know, right now, I... I no exciting ending here for yeah. what's coming up. Yeah. Uh, um, Which could be the most exciting ending of all. Because rather than go retread things, always when you've come up with great ideas, there's always been a wall beforehand. And you suddenly then call me up, hey, what if uh, what if we did this show with my daughter and, and hers? My, and, that was the one and last year we did that. Yeah, it was that great. came out of nowhere. Um, and we'll see. You know, yeah. I've, I've always... Uh, I've done my own stuff on my own, but I've yeah. done so much with you, Gordon. Yeah. Well, the Spiley, best thing we ever did, we went to New York. You dare to do the show. Yeah, true. I wouldn't yeah, dare to do Yeah, because I was this, bugging you right? early on. They I would was always saying, be, we got to do this. Gordon would give me a call and yeah. say, hey, we got, I got a weekend in March. You want to do it? And I'd say, oh, I don't know. Okay, it's booked. <laughs> Click. You hang up. That's and then I'd start. All about and now it. out of fear, I'd have to write you know, <laughs> yeah, right, scripts and, and songs. And then your wife would say, but we're going to blah, blah, blah. And that was pretty much the model. So whatever's next is really actually up to you. Yeah. You just got to book it. In the first show, The Rise and Fall of Fuglio Vestisus, we actually foretold the future because we talked about oh, all your... Cause well, I've done two, pretty good with the future in my past. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I remember in Act 2 when you were a hit, we were talking about all your shows. Now you had five or six. Huglio's yeah, yeah. Revenge. Huglio Rides Again. Huglio is back. You know, all really corny names. She's like, shut up, says uh, Redita. She doesn't want to hear about it. But it turned out that is what we did. We <laughs> had so. a list of five shows that At were least. all names like that. Yeah. Yeah. We did a show that was completely different called Lies in the Theater. Lies in the Theater. With was a good. different Imbradina because Barbara couldn't do it. Right. And we had a different character who was more like a pretty girl character. And of course, Huglio would fall for her. But she was um, not ridiculous enough to be your girlfriend, even no, though we believed you were crazy other. over her. But she was great. And that show was good. And the Tonight uh, Show was yeah. fun. Remember we did that? Was the, okay. yeah, I Huglio liked that. Yeah. was like the Johnny Carson. But nothing ever exceeded Saturday Night Huglio for we did that was six big. weeks. Yeah. We did almost 100 people a night for six weeks at 15 bucks a pop. Yeah. That show made money. 
and it was and we put a lot of theater. work into yeah. it. You know, we went to New York work. filming yeah. everything. We and... went to New York and filmed, and during a blizzard, and they had shut on a Sunday, and they basically shut down all these buildings. So we go to the GE building, or you know, for uh, NBC. Nobody at the front desk. We walk in the door. I'm videoing yeah, was, in the hallway. He's all gorilla. Yeah, he's all yeah. gorilla shooting. And he's up. He goes up to the Jay Leno poster, and he's kissing him, and all this. We get to the elevators. We were doing this, and finally, after having the place to ourselves, we're walking way down. So you look through these, and suddenly the guy comes back to the security desk. He sees us, and he goes like, "Hey!" And you, you, and we go down this length, like at a supermarket aisle, and he's coming up the aisle he saw us in, and then Rick like cuts back. And, and then so those he's hotel. crossing and we're missing. And we got out the front door before they... In the hotels with the fancy doorman, what was that? that? Plaza. Yeah, the Plaza oh, the Hotel. Plaza. And it's funny, I didn't feel intimidated no. because I was Huglio. Yeah. So if anyone That's right. bothered me or asked yeah. me questions, it you know, wasn't me. But I the just, great thing I'm is I'm just was going filming. in. You, you know? had the flu. You were absolutely oh, so sick. It was God, so cold. I had the flu. Rick, they're coming out of the plaza like two complete... Uh, country bumpkins and they're coming out and all these people are there new yorkers and they're looking at them and laughing at them and so it's what they call in theater dramatic irony because we the viewer we're viewing them viewing Huglio, yeah. <laughs> making fun of them while we the audience in the video are laughing at them laughing at Huglio. and so it really because they a bunch think of that those. we're yeah. real Com they thought we were real yeah country bunkins coming <laughs> right. from like brazil or something right. and the doorman's like Ugh. you know and they're all like elbow hey look at those Lose, guys losers. you know and we're like doing that to them so it's great well anyway um we might have to get you back another time to talk about you know future projects when you have one sure. so I'm not going to put you in the closet and keep you here for three months instead you have to agree to come back excellent because you love Gloucester agree you because I love Gloucester okay fine you got that Jim yep. all right well then that's it for this round but ladies and gentlemen Rick Gadbois my favorite guest so far besides thanks. Jim of course yeah. thanks Gordon thanks okay. Jim all right see you next time on Fish Town Local Fish town local. <laughs> local, I think it's, it's crazy. Hey.